1: Finishing up our super flex best ball tournament team that might win $10,000. That's what we're going to talk about today on Stealing Bananas. and am Ben Gretsch. You can find my newsletter at BenGretsch.substack.com. With me, as always, is Sean Siegel. You can find all of his awesome work at roto And Sean, in the first half of our draft, we were boxed out of quarterbacks a little bit early on. We started with Chris McCaffrey and Jamar Chase. We took Justin Fields at 311, and we're pretty excited about that to get our first quarterback, but we went with Darren Waller on the way back. Did not feel that any other quarterbacks were really worth taking there. Then we went A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddell, J.K. Dobbins. You snuck in a Ken Walker pick right under my nose over the next four rounds because, again, there were no quarterbacks really worth taking in any of those ranges. In fact, between our pick of A.J. Brown and all the way down to Ken Walker, the only quarterbacks who went were Carson Wentz and Davis Mills. So many had gone in those first four or five rounds. Then in the 9-10 turn, we finally dip back in quarterback. We got Marcus Mariota. We stacked him with Drake London. The tide is turning. Pretty excited about that little Atlanta stack. But it'll be fun to see how we figure out what to do with a quarterback room that only at this point has Justin Fields and Marcus Mariota.
2: It will be fun. But if you could only have two guys and you knew that you didn't have one of the top six, then these will be the two guys I would pick. Fields and Mariota, massive upside. Going to have to run a lot. I'm telling myself the positive story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So everyone after Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, nah. We're taking Marcus Mariota. I'm with you on that. We're loving these quarterbacks. There's a few interesting ones still left. We're going to be talking a lot about the rookie quarterbacks what we think their outlook could be for 2022, whether they're worth drafting in this format, but also how that informs our expectations for essentially their whole careers, as we sit and talk through this. And then also a lot of discussion on several rookies and a potential third-year breakout This roster, uh, quick spoiler alert, wound up with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven rookies, which is actually probably on the low side for us, but there's a lot of rookie picks incoming.
2: There are. And when you add that up there, I'm a little bit surprised that it's not higher But I think the point that I would, I would make here before we kind of jump into the draft is that price discipline is important on the rookies. You can't take guys who are both unproven and that you're reaching for. I think the prices that we ended up getting on these players were very, very encouraging. There's a lot of room for them to outperform ADP if they have what would almost be mildly disappointing seasons based on some of the things we've seen from rookies recently, they would still be able to contribute to an extent. So I really like how we're set up there. So we
1: did go Rashad white as a late pivot there. You had mentioned the week 17 matchup, the bucks and the Panthers. We have Christian McCaffrey as well. White, we, really believe in as having this three down profile, if something were to happen to Fournette could be, uh, you know, a truly huge piece and that would be a pretty fantastic setup, a lower number of uh, a build with a, with fewer running backs overall. We still have this potential for Rashad white to be pretty massive.
2: We do. And I'm saying this mostly jokingly, but we have that week 17 scenario where Rashad white, Gets three early touchdowns and then forces Christian McCaffrey to catch fifteen late passes. So we'll, I'm holding we'll... you to that. Okay, good. That wasn't that wasn't a joke. So w- you you still have Geno
1: Smith at the top of the queue. I only brought him up because I thought you know Smith Fant would be a a thing. Was was Fant the other are you, Trey McBride's the other tight end that you were looking at with Everett? When earlier you mentioned there were two tight ends left.
2: Right, well, no, Fant and Everett were the two guys at that point, but then at the last turn, I was arguing for Everett and Evan Ingram. Right, I just want to take that second
1: tight end right there. Yeah, I pretended like you didn't bring up Evan
2: Ingram. We, we, We moved on from that. And so I've been playing a little bit with the roster construction explorer to see how comfortable it is with your move of taking only the two tight ends. And if we're going to go with a four QB approach, which again, there are some concerns with that. (laughs) Then the two tight end does, does look to be a way of balancing that out. We took the tight end early in Darren Waller. I mean, I think we're betting here on Everett being, I, I don't know. I just, I keep going back. I'm not I'm not completely sure why he goes there, right? Because Keenan Allen and and Mike Williams in and of themselves, I mean, those are not the wide receivers that shut out a tight end if that tight end can play at all. So, I mean, that's the part that we'll see. We got a little bit of a run there with Everett once Russell Wilson got healthy at the end of the season. But, I mean, the reason (laughs) Everett is on his third team is that he has not been not only not a star, he had that but game where he. Not a starter, so.
1: Yeah, he had that game where he fumbled twice, including once right at the goal line, and then also had a pass go off his hands at the goal line and get intercepted. I'm pretty sure he should have had two short touchdowns and instead created two different types of turnovers and then fumbled elsewhere on the field, all in the same game. It was an it was a remarkable achievement, one of the the great great escapes of the 2021 season for
2: any player. Now that you bring that up, I do remember that. I do remember that. It was... That one was tough. That one was tough. You don't wish that on anybody.
1: Ingram goes. I was actually, if he would have swung all the way back around, kind of entertain it. I don't think McBride solves any questions. Of, it's one of those things where I'm with you on the roster, explore on in most cases, but obviously you have to adjust, right? And so it's going to be relative to the individual players. I don't think McBride solves our issues. At this point, because we have Waller on the roster, I feel like we can tell ourselves that Waller is going to be good enough that we can get by with two tight ends. That's that's a possible outcome
2: for the season, right? It is. And I, I don't want to get you too excited about this ludicrous build, but in the tiny sample, I won't even tell you how many teams, but the current... Construction that we have going here with the early tight end, only two tight ends, and four potential quarterbacks. Twenty-three percent win rate. So, I told you. <laughs> this was my plan all along, Sean. Ben's evil genius is coming through, and you know we're gonna we're gonna win about a quarter Wait, what, of these. What was the
1: makes. the size of the sample? Now I have to know.
2: Oh, it was 13 teams. Is that is that a lot?
1: <laughs> I was thinking it was under a hundred. I didn't think it was 13. That's fantastic. Well, look, we're trailblazers. This is a new strategy. We could name it something. That's the the big thing. You gotta have names for everything now. Sean, everyone wants to be like zero RB. We will call this super fragile quarterback elite tight end
2: beautiful it's beautiful i just wish gino would get picked at this point so that we could conclusively go why is robbie anderson's name on the chart r-o-b-b-i-e isn't it r-o-b-b-y well i don't i don't know the answer to that i can't tell if this is a situation where The player is is having fun with with people or lost a bet or if that's actually how his name is spelled now that is what shows up i think currently on his twitter and i don't know how i know that since you wouldn't think that would be something that i know um also it's how it shows up now on the carolina panthers roster or at least it did yesterday at this juncture so what maybe that's robbie Anderson
1: plays like seven years and then decides he's gonna be R O B B I E instead of R O B B Y. I like
2: it. So, then we do actually Is that have what happened make...
1: with William Fuller? I keep seeing William Fuller in all these draft rooms now. I mean, does William Fuller stay healthier? Because I'll support the name change there if he can just stay yeah. on the field.
2: We have 45 seconds at the 15 11. Have, have, have you spent any time looking at the picks recently?
1: No, none. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell still there. We almost took him last time. So I'm definitely comfortable with him. There's another player that's still there that we almost took last time. He's a quarterback and you've been praying for him to go. But we also have Corral as an option. I did like that
2: take. I say we keep pushing quarterback. Okay. Do you have any interest in David Bell or Wandale Robinson at this yes.
1: pick? Yeah.
2: David Bell. Absolutely. I mean, so we'll take some David. Bell. As of well. his headquarters has been very excited then? that the Cleveland Browns are not running from, from it. They're not trying to lower expectations. They are flat out calling him Jarvis Landry. Right. Which means he's going to have like a hundred receptions as a rookie. As a rookie.
1: Right. That's why I, that's why I got so excited about him as opposed to Wondell. I like Wondell, but we're basically hearing quick upside case for David Bell is something that they are believing can, can, can happen. They're entertaining as a, a very strong possibility. So, love that pick there and just looking a little bit here
2: at the adp oh jacoby myers is there sean what 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 number do you place him now in the patriots pecking order since they've added obviously one obviously one still so, okay
1: we don't have to take him you are not a jacoby myers fan that is adam Thielen 2.0 you put some respect on his name this guy has earned playing time in multiple seasons where they didn't start him with playing time and has earned targets very well in uh, throughout his NFL sample of rats. So
2: how about that? I do like that. If we had selected Matt Jones, I would have to let you have all of the Patriots wide receivers. We are going to run out of the clock. We're going to take Kenneth Gainwell there and... Again, we have the advantage of of having faded the most important position in this format. But as a result now, our running backs are Christian McCaffrey, J.K. Dobbins, Ken Walker, Rashad White, and Kenny Gainwell.
1: Which some listeners will think isn't that good. But for us is what you would call an elite running back room. I think we are comfortably done at running back. We have four more picks. Our wide receivers are Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddell, Drake London, Sky Moore, David Bell. We've only taken six. Three are rookies. We're perhaps a little bit more comfortable with that than we should be. Darren Waller and Gerald Everett at tight end. And then there's another position. And Justin Fields and Marcus Mariota and Kenny Pickett. They're all in red, which is typically not a good sign on the draft board. All uh, colored in red. I think that means that we had to... Have done something wrong.
2: So we we're looking here at adding to the wide receiver position. Jamison Crowder, I think, still very interesting. Wandale, I would like. Corral, a 17th round, ADP. Geno Smith, 19th round. Obviously, there's no guarantee Smith goes at all. If we got pushed back into a situation where ritter was the guy left even though we explained why that this might not be the roster to take him with would that in some ways elevate your comfort level for the team overall
1: yeah i mean it's definitely comfortable to essentially handcuff your quarterback like you said there's a lot of ways it can play out i think the one that you said where mariota is actually sort of good but the team's not particularly good and then we get to the 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 shootout portion of this larger super flex contest. And we need Mariota and they decide that they're going to get some looks at Ritter late in the year. It probably kind of feels like the most likely scenario. I mean, not necessarily the Mariota being good thing, but Mariota playing a good chunk of the year and Ritter playing when it matters feels like pretty close to the most likely scenario. Mariota getting maybe 10 or 12 starts and then, and then Ritter starting the final five games or seven games. I'm still hoping we don't have to go that route necessarily Especially because Fields and Mariota have the same bye, we will be, I mean, I don't know how important week 14 will be, but I, I would prefer not to take four quarterbacks and have three of them have the same bye. That doesn't seem like a winning strategy.
2: Now, I had mentioned Corral. He's the QB we actually think has a decent chance to win the starting job early. I think as early as week one, obviously I've been overly optimistic on this class the whole way. So maybe, uh, you know, more middle of the road, or conservative stealing bananas. Listeners will want to consider my bias there, or just my track record on this class. But another QB who perhaps has even a higher ceiling is also still available. How do you look at Corral versus Malik Willis? And we talk about Malik Willis. If there were ever a team where we actually wanted to draft him for this format, it would be this. one.
1: What's the bold case for him playing this year?
2: Well. Ryan Tannehill has a playoff game caliber for performance in the first two or three weeks while Willis absolutely dominates in practice. And they decide that as opposed to what the Kansas city chiefs did where they had a very good season that year with Alex Smith, but they don't win the super bowl. They don't have the firepower at QB in the playoffs. They lose a game there. That if they had made the decision midseason to go with Patrick Mahomes, they might have won. We might be talking about the Chiefs having an extra Super Bowl. Maybe the Titans pull that trigger and get him out there. As is the case with all of these guys, including someone like Sam Howell, part of the case does require the player to go out there and look very good during training camp.
1: That makes sense. I just have a hard time with it with Tannehill, who I think will get every opportunity to be the starter for the entirety of this year. They have a big decision with him this offseason. They can get out of his contract, but I think there's a decent chunk, maybe about $10 million of dead money. Don't quote me on that. And so my concern is essentially they want to know if they want to keep him through 2023 as well. There's void years on his contract, 2024, 2025. It's tough with all these quarterbacks because the fact that they fell to the third round, or in Howell's case, the fifth, you know, we were a little bit higher on them in the fantasy community, but there's a lot of scenarios where these teams just draft these guys to be peer backups, which is what we've seen from similarly drafted quarterbacks in that range in recent years. I mean, uh, just look at 2021. Kyle Trask went in that range. Kellen Mond won that range. Davis Mills did as well, and Davis Mills got on the field and played all right. But you're talking about Trask and Mond, two players that you know didn't even sniff the, the field, obviously playing behind veterans, kind of similar to Tannehill. I I unfortunately think that's the case for Willis this year. As much upside as you might have in fantasy, it's just really hard to see scenarios where they move away from their very high-priced quarterback who they have signed to this really big deal.
2: Yeah, I think that is the case. That's one of the reasons why I do like Corral. I just think he wins the job there. I think that potentially the difference between some of these guys is that, I mean, even going in... And and Kyle Trask played very well in his final year in college, but there just wasn't the physical upside in terms of the mobility, the opportunity to affect the game. I mean, Lamar Jackson goes, you know, there at the end of the first round. And so that's different than going, obviously different than going in round three or round five, but he pushes his way onto the field. Russell Wilson pushes his way onto the field. The disappointing thing here is that Matt Corral does go. As does Malik Willis. So Darnold and Corral
1: got stacked together by one drafter. They were kind of doing the thing we were discussing with Mariota and Ritter. I guess I'm not as concerned about the bye weeks. I'm kind of overstating probably the concern there. If you wanted to go Ritter, but we do still have Geno Smith out there. If you believe in Geno Smith, I think now is the time. You want to talk about a roster when when we need a guy. Geno Smith mvp
2: mvp i think that we can get him at the 1920 turn okay or i guess the question and we are on the clock we have 40 seconds is if you're willing to pass on really the three options here in smith garoppolo and ritter and to take a couple of wide receivers if you have wide receivers that you like i like jameson crowder i have selected him in Let's the league it. with connor again crowder- because of that Crowder's a good pick. And one of the things, Ben, here that's kind of fun, you can go to the NFL Stat Explorer and look at his player page. Look at him at half PPR. And one of the things I think people get overly concerned about with some of the possession receivers that maybe they're high floor, low ceiling. They don't think there's enough volatility. You pull up Jameson Crowder. You'll be surprised by the number of wide receiver, one wide receiver, two finishes he has over the last three seasons. Obviously most of those were not last year where he had some injuries and obviously the jets were bad, but there's a ton of volatility in his profile. There's a ton of volatility in Tyler Boyd's profile. If that's something that is important to you, then you know, you're, you're going to, get that with that type of player still so don't let that part of it push you off of them
1: and we get the the correlation with chase that we we're thinking about what the gabriel davis picked several rounds earlier the week 17 matchup jameson crowder is going to catch 10 passes against the Bengals.
2: i like it the unfortunate development is that passing at the 17 18 turn was not going to work because passing even just at the 17 11 did not work for desmond he goes 17 12 so we're back up here. You know, it, you make some bad decisions when you get out there and you read the puff pieces on your favorite players, but Wandel Robinson has been everything that the Cardinals were hoping for in Wandel Moore in the first, like, one or two practices the Giants have had. So do, do we want to look at him here? Do you have a different?
1: I'm fine with that. I The pick for me would, would be Gino probably, <laughs> and then hope that Wandel makes it back. Uh, but we can wait on Gino for nineteen twenty. but with Ritter going and Corral and Willis' last couple of rounds, I'm curious to see if Gino will make it back. Garoppolo, where where
2: Where's the thesis for Garoppolo? So you mentioned Garoppolo. Oh, Baker went. That's why you didn't mention Baker. Okay. So one of the elements here is that we do have three quarterbacks, and so I don't think that getting the fourth one is an absolute must- I would have taken Gino except we were at three seconds, and that was right when you said "but," and so then I clicked back to Wandale, and then you said, the other. So we do have Wandale there. We are kind of don't lie. You just wanted Wandale Robinson. Well, I did want Wandale. But <laughs> that, was, that was my vote. So I don't know, this this receiving core now is like one of our fired up zero RB receiving groups even though we have McCaffrey Jamar Chase Brown Waddle London Moore Bell Crowder and Robinson I think we're going to score enough points at these other positions Darren Waller stays healthy looking very good I don't know I I guess I think Marcus Mariota can do it right that's one of the reasons why I was okay with the early risks I mean, I I like Desmond Ritter, too. Drafted him in a number of, of early drafts and rookie drafts. But if we're going to be in this situation playing without the early QBs, I want it to be somebody, number one, I like. Marcus Mariota, I think one of the best people out there in terms of NFL players. He's had a hard time staying healthy. We have to consider that as a potential negative. And yet, at the same time, because they have Ritter behind him, I really do feel like the Atlanta Falcons are not going to be as careful with him as the Titans had to be at times. And again, it's not any criticism of them because he was basically already hurt. I mean, you can't go out there and throw him into these situations where he gets even more injured when he's got these other problems and can't play for you or you're risking his health, all of those types of things. But because of that, he was not able to be unleashed as a runner. I think that his rushing upside with the Falcons could be pretty dynamic and within the context of this tournament where we have Fields and Mariota, both of those guys that go out there on Sundays and run, the points are going to be there. So if you just talked yourself into us having the best QBs in the, in the league, is that what I caught there? <laughs> no, I, I think that the team with Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson to start probably still has us trumped, but I do feel They're okay, okay <laughs> about our situation. They have us trumped
1: very narrowly. <laughs> it is a narrow. Is there if we're not gonna go with the fourth QB, is there a third tight end that you like? I, I'm good with the five running backs. We have eight receivers now. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, AJ Brown, Drake London, Sky Moore, David Bell. Jabison Crowder and Wondell Robinson. I really like Crowder as well for our build because we do have the four rookies. We're totally fine with that, but there is obviously some, you know, playing time concern and, and the reality is rookies don't necessarily play hundred percent of the snaps the entire entirety of the season. And we see them kind of ramp up and tend to perform better later. So to get that fourth receiver in Crowder that we feel like can be, you know, a high reception guy. You're talking about the volatility of him. I, I also like the flag, the fact that, you know, he has a solid floor, but basically in that Cole Beasley role and, and Beasley had plenty of usable weeks over the last several years. I think is nice for this eight receiver build. I don't think we have to take another receiver. We have two picks left. We have the five running backs. I don't think we have to take another running back. So we have this question of, do we want a third tight end? Do we want, you know, the fourth quarterback discussion? If Geno Smith comes back, do we want, A sixth running back do we want a ninth receiver? I think we can go all four of those directions. I don't feel like we're necessarily closed off at any position. McBride did just go, so that narrows tight end even more. I don't know if there's a tight end we can take.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Yeah, I guess that's probably the last tight end I would be seriously considering. Adam Troutman, if he's healthy, perhaps scores some points for the Saints, but Landry deepens that wide receiver group. If he's available, you would expect Alvin Kamara to catch a bunch of passes. The name here that is maybe a little bit interesting is one that you've mentioned to me at times because there's the potential for sort of a not really even a secondary breakout because the actual breakout hasn't happened. But OJ Howard gets to go (laughs) to, he had, he had a good season in there, but OJ Howard goes to the bills. That would be in many ways, a similar kind of bet to Gerald Everett with the chargers other than just Howard's going to be the backup, obviously, but there'd be potential for him to get out there on the field. Again, that's a game that you're interested in playing. And one of the things I like about playing that Bengals bills game is to try and play it in ways that maybe aren't going to be played as much. And so that would so allow Jameson to...
1: Crowder, ten catches and OJ Howard, three touchdowns or two touchdowns. Oh, well, that's we'll be perfect. reasonable.
2: We'll be that's reasonable. perfect. The other name here, Ben, that you know you have to consider, and I put Will Fuller into the queue for you. It he may not play in twenty twenty two, so that would that would decrease us by another roster spot. But Lavisca is still there. Sam Howell is still there. Jimmy Garoppolo is still there.
1: A lot of names worth taking. Your boy, Kendra Bourne, just went one pick before us, though, so we can't take him, unfortunately.
2: And the running backs I was interested in, which I wasn't that yet even with them, but Sonny Michel and Kenyon Drake go in this round. So I, I'm kind of with you. I think that we're off of running back. Wide receiver would probably be Chenault. We're probably off tight end, although I'm okay with Howard if, if that's a play you'd like to make. Gino is available here. Let's take Gina. you like that better than Garoppolo getting traded to one of these teams? I don't think he's going to get traded to Seattle, just because they're in the
1: same division, but I suppose possible. Where do you think he fits? Carolina, maybe?
2: Well, they've made the interesting claim that they don't think that he's an upgrade on Sam Darnold, and I would contest that, but maybe that... I don't know if you can say that and then trade for him, because you're going to have to mend some fences right away. So we do take Geno Smith there. It was in round 19. Who do you like between Laviska Chenault and Visca Chenault for the 20th pick? <laughs> <laughs> I do love that you were
1: right that Gino made it back, but Gardner Minshew went in, in the interim. Nobody is on your, your bandwagon that Geno Smith is going to start for Seattle. We might have just gotten a 17-game starter there in the 19th round. Let's go Visca one more receiver. Let's load it up. I am on board with, with like unironically, this is ridiculous that he goes in the 20th round behind a lot of these other guys. Very good prospect got injured in his rookie year, came back and actually flashed, but in a very small sample, he was building towards that late rookie season breakout. He really was misses some games, comes back and has a couple decent games Point is, he missed some time late in the year when he was actually starting to build up. Year one was odd. Year two was extremely odd for everyone in the Urban Meyer offense and the Urban Meyer team. You can write him off completely if you want. But, Sean, this is the closest thing that I have felt to two guys that you were on in drafts that we did together either against each other or what have you. I know in a dynasty league, you are still taking Devonte Adams after two years. And for people who don't remember, Devonta Adams looked like the worst receiver in football after two years. He was the only non-efficient receiver with Aaron Rodgers. They had Jordy Nelson at the time. They had other guys. Adams was playing some and not performing. And he was going incredibly late. He was incredibly cheap in dynasty. And you believed that there was still something there because he had an incredible prospect profile. And then Tyler Boyd is the other one I've, I've mentioned in this, this argument as well before where we got two really poor seasons and everyone r- wrote him off. And you, because of his prospect profile, felt that it was a worthwhile pick in these types of ranges and these types of spots checking in the 20th round. I know the Jaguars invested in the receiver core, obviously not in particularly strong names if Visca is ready to truly break out. Is Visca – are you willing to – think of Visca in the same light as I know you did before DeVonte Adams and Tyler Boyd's third seasons.
2: I guess I'm a little bit more nervous because the Jaguars are so clearly wanting to go in a different direction, but my argument would be that as we get closer to the season and people realize what the Jaguars' wider receiver core actually still is, he's going to rise in price. Or if he gets moved, he's going to rise in price. And It's an interesting way to play a Trevor Lawrence breakout, I think, too. And so in some ways, you're actually getting a little bit of both of the bounce backs or the post-hype or whatever you want to call it with those guys. If Lawrence comes out the season and plays well, I think that'll help Christian Kirk. It might make Zay Jones somebody who has a little bit of weekly viability in really deep leagues or for DFS, that kind of thing. But the player you would expect to benefit the most would be the guy with the highest ceiling and i still think that that probably is chanel now there are very real concerns and that not just in terms of the way that some of the targets went it didn't really matter what role they played him in last year when he was outside he wouldn't get open when he was the underneath guy he wasn't targeted in the same way that you know practice squad types of players were targeted when they were in that same role and then when he did get open he didn't catch the ball and so you have to take that into into consideration and you have to adjust what you think a receiver is going to do what a player is going to do with those first two years of information but in round 20 i still like the play i mean you're looking at other players drafted in this round that i mean realistically i just don't think make any difference to their teams at all and you know we get tyler huntley and jimmy garoppolo in this round there there are ways that those picks could pay off but i i do think that chenault and when you look at something like yards after contact i mean the physical element of him that you can go check out in the advanced set explorer i mean some of those things are still there and so I guess the com- that combined element, right, of both Chenault and Lawrence, I think you need to have multiple things happen, but you're getting a price where if you're wrong, it, it just doesn't hurt you. I mean, I, you, you still want a player who's going to contribute here. We could have picked Jimmy Garoppolo who you get traded to a starter and could be the whole key to the team. We we passed on him to make this Chenault play. So anytime that you're saying somebody's free, I mean, they're not free. <laughs> there, there are other players, but I, I like the price and I, I like the potential outcome.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you about the way he looked last year. It was really pretty depressing, frankly, as a big-time Chenault fan to see him in different roles and just not really performing. Um, <clears throat> I It's it's really interesting. I, I just went and looked, and Chenault actually has two 600-yard seasons. Devontae Adams did not hit 500 yards in either of his first two years. Tyler Boyd, who I mentioned, had a, a 600-yard season and then like 250 yards in his second year. Both of them... Uh, accumulated fewer yards and fewer receiving TDs than Chenault has over their first two years. So in terms of like just how bad they looked, I was saying that. I, I just kind of wanted to mention that. Not that that means that Chenault's going to be better than them or anything like that. Just, I'm not just, I'm obviously cherry-picking comps that, that worked out very favorably and were similar spots after two seasons. Similar production profiles in college as well. But I'm I'm not just, I'm trying to lay the groundwork for what people actually thought of Devontae Adams after two years and what people actually thought about Tyler Boyd after two years. It was very similar. That said, why these guys turn around going into year three is, is actually not something that is easy to identify and, and certainly not a lot of them do, but you you do wonder about little things because to me, Chenault just didn't look like a a, a car. He looked essentially like he wasn't fast enough or good enough to be at the NFL last year. And so one of the cases I could make is maybe he was out of shape or maybe he wasn't in a good spot that the whole team environment was clearly very negative. We had, you know, players saying that a reminder, you know, their kicker gets cut and and goes to the, the press that he kicked him in practice. And you had, other anonymous players basically backing up that he was a horrible coach and was creating an entire, a terrible environment. It's obviously, you know, peer speculation. That's not the other thing, but what if Chenault comes back and actually has a really dedicated off season and it comes back in really good shape and looks like a player that he didn't look like last year. We're like, Oh yeah, that's who the guy was. Cause he didn't look that way last year. And we have no idea if, you know, let's put it this way. As soon as we hear that LaVisca Chenault's in the best shape of his life, I'm going to take him in the 10th round again. That's, that's where I'm going with this. <laughs>
2: All great points. I was thinking when you were saying he didn't look that great, that it kind of brings to mind another player who would fit this same kind of category that we were also drafting occasionally at about this price after some bad seasons. And at least I was, and that would be Nikhil Harry. And it kind of brought to mind for both of them. No, they only work out. You
1: can only use the examples of the ones that actually work out.
2: Well, unfortunately, you you created this image in my mind of like a 38-year-old Antonio Gates out there running around like he was carrying three pianos. And that's what <laughs> Harry and LaVisca Chanel look like when they're out running routes at the NFL level. That's true. That's he's going to look faster this year, right? He's going to look faster.
1: That's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to argue because he's going to need to. And of the Devonte Adams, Tyler Boyd, and Akil Harry comps, the one that Chenault, as a game watcher, has looked the most to. If you look the most like, it's, it's Harry. You're right. <laughs> he's, he's looked like he's carrying around pianos, like you said. So that would be the counter argument. So our team is complete. We went Christian McCaffrey, Jamar Chase, Justin Fields, Darren Waller, A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddle, J.K. Dobbins, Ken Walker, under protest, Marcus Mariota, Drake London, Kenny Pickett, Sky Moore, Gerald Everett, Rashad White, David Bell, Kenneth Gainwell, Jamison Crowder, Wondell Robinson, I got my fourth QB in Geno Smith and LaVisca, Chenault. We wound up with nine receivers. Five running backs, only the two tight ends, Sean, you talked during the draft about not necessarily being thrilled about the two tight end structure and also not necessarily being thrilled about the four quarterback structure. You're going to love it when all four of these quarterbacks play all 17 games and we get to start two of them every week. We get sort of the benefit of, you know, I think of super flex in some ways, like the quarterback position can be viewed in some ways like the running back position where, there's a little bit of a touch floor with, you know, some high, high value, like actual workhorse type running backs quarterback. There's obviously a point floor for the guys that are starting at quarterback, but there's still ceiling games and there's still benefit to having depth there. I think there's a, an advantage to having more quarterbacks than just three. If you can fit it into a build that makes sense. I, I'm not saying that we necessarily did that correctly here. There's a very real possibility that none of our quarterbacks are starting at at various points in this season, but hopefully Fields is at least for the entire year, but certainly the other three could all be benched at the same time. But if you do have four guys and they're not necessarily elite and they're all playing, quarterback is a position where basically any quarterback can throw three touchdowns in a game, and so you you can get some of the best ball advantages through volume. I've really enjoyed this, at least in Superflex Dynasty best ball leagues where it's easier to get to like four legitimate starting quarterbacks. Having said that, not sure that our four quarterbacks are actually going to play. That's probably part of the reason that when we, when you were talking about the, the roster construction Explorer, it's, I mean, there's not great samples. And some of the samples, when you, when you look at different splits are, were are not great for four quarterback builds. My, my speculation there is that that's largely because, the the teams look like ours. They're they're four quarterbacks. Like people took a fourth quarterback because they took Mariota and Pickett and they didn't know that they're going to start. And if if the guys aren't starting, then you don't really actually have four quarterbacks. So you're not actually realizing those benefits. But how, how would you kind of grade what we did from a construction perspective as we tried to navigate the really quarterback heavy? I mean, that was the big lesson in this draft. Very quarterback heavy early. We decided to go McCaffrey Chase we get Fields at the three-four turn. We didn't really think there was even another quarterback worth taking there. Pretty quickly, we did not think there was another quarterback being, you know, that was worth taking at any of the additional spots until we finally get to Mariota in the ninth round, which we probably still didn't think was worth taking, but we had to eventually. How do you think we navigated sort of falling behind at quarterback? It's a really tough way to win, as you said. The the QB two by the second round QB QB starts have really strong win rates in this format. And that, that was essentially going to be our plan coming in. And there's a reason for that. It's because if you don't go QB, QB, you can wind up with a quarterback room like this. How do you think we try to navigate, how well do you think we did try to navigate uh, being way behind the eight ball quarterback?
2: I like it because they fit together nicely. I think that one of the reasons that the constructions with more quarterbacks fail is that the drafters who get caught then have to make compromise picks That don't have the upside they're probably not going to start or have some real questions about starting as you mentioned and they don't get good prices on them either we got mariota below adp we took that risk he comes back to us at 9 11 we got Pickett well below adp so i think the values there help a little bit we were able to take some very good players at other positions as a result And then Geno Smith, we made ourselves wait till round 19. So this a little bit different than last year's format because the slim version has two extra rounds put back in. As we were discussing with LaVisca, the type of player that you're missing on when you take someone like that in rounds 19 and 20, much lower floor, You do have these occasional ceilings. You will go back in and look at the teams that win tournaments, and often they'll have hit on someone in round 19 or 20. So you don't want to say those rounds don't matter. But I do think with those rounds in there, it makes it easier to take that fourth quarterback. In terms of regrets, if we look at it like that, I just don't feel like I really have any. The way that the draft played out, this is what I would have wanted to do if you told me ahead of time that you're going to get stuck with who makes it to 111 i like this now it's almost a kind of a situation where because and one of the things that i've read as i follow this seattle qe battle more than it makes any sense to do yeah why are you doing that i'm not doing that is the writers are suggesting that Locke's additional athleticism will let the seahawks run an offense a little more similar to what they ran with wilson than what they can do with Geno, who doesn't have that and so my first thought is that i don't think that that matters that much from a reality perspective from the seahawks because gino we've seen play a competent qb yes it's more like a high-end backup but it's competent drew lock does not give you high-end backup performances and so that's why i think that he loses the starting job even if he is more athletic i think that it's focusing on the wrong part there i mean you just need the better quarterback but from a fantasy perspective for her saying that gino has a very low ceiling it's harder for him to get his points into the starting lineup even if you're saying he's playing the 17 games and especially with the strength of the rest of the roster i mean there are going to be situations where individual position players could beat out the quarterback for that super flex spot and so there's this little tiny part of me that wishes we had just said what happens if sam howell gets himself in there because if he plays even just the second half of the season or even just the fantasy playoffs i mean sam howell is the guy who can go out there and score fantasy points i mean his profile is perfect for that which is why we've been irrationally exuberant about him the whole way through so you know now that we're done I, I you know there's this little part of me that thinks we should have taken a guy who yeah, almost certainly me. isn't going to play over someone who I think will play but I, but I like what we did
1: on that I wish we would have done that too
2: after you just described that <laughs> and how does not get drafted so
1: yeah I, I mean I think that's um that was well put it's a good reminder to essentially always chase upside. I mean, you said, as you said that in the 20th round, you you see these hits. Sometimes another guy you were on really, no one else wanted to be on was Chris Carson. The year that he broke out. And I remember you were taking him in the 20th round of some leagues. I'm pretty sure you took him in the 20th round of the MFL 10 of death that year and won it. If I'm not mistaken, uh, in large part, because Carson played like a fourth or fifth round pick out out of the 20th round spot. We're hoping to get that from Visca, but you're right. We you don't want to just throw away those picks. You don't want to throw them away, particularly with low ceiling guys. You want even when the overall roster feels pretty fragile, you want to still have picks that can. I mean, essentially, you're not gonna fix that roster with low ceiling picks. If you want to fix it, you're gonna to have to hit a home run on someone new, you know, like you're gonna to have to find that Sam Howell that's a superstar. I'm with you there um, for this team to actually win it. It's probably not Gino that's doing it, right? So it's either Fields and Mariota or more likely it's it's not great. <laughs> it's, it's, we're not actually winning it. But you're right. We, we did load up on some real talent at running back, wide receiver, and tight end. That could potentially carry this team through.
2: And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to draft this team. The thing that I do like to emphasize, you know, looking at our different tools, looking at some of the experiences I've had, personally getting lucky and, you know, getting far in in a format, finishing toward the top. You wanna build that elite team and not get so caught up in uniqueness that you build a bad team that's a unique team and that doesn't help you. But the cool thing here is that with a Christian McCaffrey, Jamar Chase start, and then the rest of the guys, this is a scenario, and you want to think in terms of scenarios, right? Your, your team needs to be good, but you're also thinking in terms of scenarios. If Justin Fields and Marcus Mariota stay healthy, and really we're talking a lot about Mariota, if he keeps that starting job, if those two guys play, this is absolutely perfect. So from that perspective, this has just been a very fun draft. And that'll do it for another episode of Stealing Bananas. That one was a blast. We hope this team wins. We hope you guys enjoyed our discussions about the tactics and the players involved we'll have another normal episode of stealing bananas up for you soon i'm sean siegel with me is ben gretchen you can follow at yards per gretch make sure you subscribe to stealing signals you'll want to make sure you have that for the summer we'd love to have you guys join us at rotoviz use the coupon code rv radio 2022 for a 10 percent discount on a one-year subscription if you can want to what have you leave us a rating and review you guys have been amazing with that that does help us out subscribe to the feed you'll get these special episodes when they come out if you're subscribed as opposed to discovering them uh, in another fashion a little bit later but then this has been great can't wait to chat with you again and talk with the listeners we'll see all you guys soon